0: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, and there's Charles W. Chuck Bryant, which makes this Stuff You Should Know podcast.
0: I don't think I shall ever see. Finish, please.
1: Um, because of that horrible house fire. (laughs) It's good,
0: but it's not quite poetry. What was it? Uh, I don't think I shall ever see something so beautiful as a
1: tree. Is a, that right? A poem as beautiful as a tree.
0: Is it a poem? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah, which is really something because, what was that, Longfellow or uh, Whitman?
0: No, I want to say like Joyce Carol Oates, no? No. No? No. We should look this up. Okay. Well, We're while freewheeling.
1: You're, while you're looking it up, that's really saying something because, insert poet's name here, um, really... Was taking his own craft a task and appreciated his or her own task, and was still saying that a tree is lovelier than any poem, which is a real ode to nature.
0: So I said Joyce Carol Oates, but I was in fact wrong. It was in fact Joyce Kilmer who was a dude.
1: I thought for sure it was like Longfellow, or, huh? Yeah. Boy, he he was a uh, it's a mama's boy if I've ever seen <laughs> one right there. <laughs> nice, write poems about trees. What do you expect? Huh? Well, that's a great line. Yeah. Uh, Boy, so, we
0: botched that one all over the place.
1: Yeah, we did. But we're not going to start over. That's okay. This isn't a poetry slam. This is stuff you should know. No, we would never slam poetry. No. Um, instead, we would spend our time, as is our want, promoting trees. Talking about trees and how great they are. And um, uh, Val Kilmer?
0: <laughs> yeah, his great-grandfather, Joyce.
1: Joyce Kilmer. Yeah. Uh, he He kind of had it dead on. Because trees are not only beautiful, they are um, functional. And as uh, either Longfellow or uh, Whitman said, nothing can ever truly be beautiful unless it's also functional. Oh, yeah? Uh, They didn't
0: really say that. (laughs) Somebody said it. Uh, And, you know, we live in Atlanta, Georgia, for those of you who don't know. And we basically live in the middle of a forest. Yeah. If you ever go up on the building here or any building in Atlanta and you think you're in, like, downtown or midtown, you just take a look out there and you realize, man, there are trees everywhere. There's a lot of trees. And people that are from like the west or other places where they're not as foresty come to the deep south sometimes and they're like, wow, you guys live in the middle of a forest. It's a city in a forest.
1: Yeah. And it's pretty nice. It's nice nice living. Sure. Up and uh, down
0: the east coast, it's kind of like that.
1: Right. Um, and we actually live in a temperate, deciduous hardwood forest area oh, nice look at you from what i understand although there's a lot of pine trees too there's those georgia pines yeah that so, is true i i may be incorrect
0: coniferous well here's the deal with forest um the author of this i take a slight issue 30 percent of our planet is is forest land right and she says it's mostly concentrated in 10 countries the u.s canada russia Sorry, Russian Federation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brazil, China, Australia, uh, Democratic Republic of Congo, Indonesia, mm-hmm. Peru, and India. Great, but no mention of, like, Europe?
1: Uh,
0: Germany, Sweden, Finland, Norway? Like, serious forests going on there.
1: Is there en- enough? I mean, I know there's the black forest in Germany.
0: Yeah, like the boreal forest, basically 10 degrees above or below mm-hmm. the equator, you're going to have rainforest. Gotcha. And then between roughly like 50 and 70-ish degrees, uh, you're going to have boreal forests, which is like Europe and Canada and Russia. And, you know, it's like a serious dense forest. And she
1: didn't mention Europe at all. Those are the northern climes forests. Yeah. Boreal forests. We're talking forests.
0: coniferous, pine, spruce, birch, beautiful, beautiful trees. Nice. And Canada, of course, America's hat is lousy with trees. Yeah, there's a lot of trees there. It's like Atlanta. One point five million square miles of forest land in canada right so they got it going on up there
1: it's and that that sounds like a lot and it is it is but it's still it's alarming to consider that we lose about um 13 million hectares what's a hectare a hectare is i think 1.5 acres is it I believe. Uh,
0: Well, I do know that only... Uh,
1: I'm sorry. I'm not getting one more thing wrong in this episode. You go ahead and talk.
0: (laughs) I do know that only one... uh, I'm sorry. Only 20%, roughly 20% of the Earth's original forest land is still intact today. So over the years, 80% has been lost due to things man-made and things natural.
1: And apparently we lose an amount of forest that's about the size of Greece every year. So we need Canada. We need Canada's trees.
0: Yeah. And, you know, there are things like forest fires, uh, disease, insects, uh, competition between species, mm-hmm. acid rain, things like that happen. Of course, that one is actually man-made. Uh, and then there's things like logging and slash and burn practices, which is when you cut down trees and burn them to create a field. Uh, so those are things that man is doing to make trees go bye-bye. So man and nature are conspiring to rid us of trees, which we need.
1: Yes. And a hectare, by the way, is about over two acres. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, look at
0: that. In show corrections for the first
1: time. (laughs) All right. So, Chuck, everybody loves trees, not the least of whom would be Joyce Kilmer. That's right. But we like them, too. We like having them around. And they actually serve a little bit more of a function than you would think. Yeah. Apparently, it's trees, not
0: just, ooh, they give us oxygen, right? which is what everyone thinks, which is great.
1: They actually can uh, affect the climate, and the climate is is defined as a, a period of weather patterns in a localized area yeah. over about a 30-year, at least, stretch. I think not many people realize that. Everything else is just weather. Yeah. You know, anything under that. Although, I, I imagine once you start getting into like the 28, 29 That's years- It's Yeah. Yeah. They'll be like, okay, all right, that's climate, fine. (laughs) Uh,
0: That is true. And our planet is warming. Uh, We're not going to get into the whole rigmarole of global warming and all that entails, although we should do that in earnest one day. Yeah. But the climate is warming here on the planet, and it is heating up by about uh, one to one and a half degrees per 100 years, or at least over the past century.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's an important qualifier, too, because it wasn't. Supposedly until the beginning of the Industrial Revolution starting around 1830 that um, after that we started to see temperatures rise thanks to global warming. Right. So the fact that it, it rose by one to one and a half degrees in a century, that's significant. Even sure. though it doesn't seem like much. Not to us humans. Like you can breathe into your hands and raise the, the weather around your face <laughs> um, by more than just one degree. Yeah. It'll also be foggy. Yeah, you know. And a little smelly. Maybe <laughs> on weather. Depending system. on, you know. <laughs> okay.
0: So, how can trees affect our climate? Really three main ways, right?
1: Yes. So, uh the first is to um lower temperatures, yeah, which is something they do themselves. Yes. Uh next they reduce energy usage. Yeah. Which is a new phenomenon for trees because we've only had like air conditioning for 50, 60, 70 years. Yeah. But it's a new gift that trees give us. That's true. And then um, they actually remove air pollutants, which is pretty awesome.
0: All right. So let's start with the first one. They lower temperatures. They act as a natural air conditioner for the world in a way uh, through a process called evapotranspiration. No huge shock. That is a mix of, uh, not a mix, but both things going on at the same time. Right. Evaporation and transpiration, both of which release moisture into the air, mm-hmm. uh, one by way of Drawing water from lakes, and we talked about it in our clouds episode. Yeah. That's how we eventually get clouds. Mm-hmm. And then transpiration is when trees pull up water through the roots, work its way up through the tree, and then eventually leave from the leaves.
1: Right. And we don't actually see, like after like a heavy rain in the summer, yeah. you can see the evaporation going on. Yeah. Um, and probably what you're seeing off of the trees is actually evaporation off of the leaves. Transpiration is ev- invisible. It's vapor. But over like the course of a year... Um, a large oak tree supposedly can transpire about 40,000 gallons of water. That is crazy. That's a lot. Yeah. So they come, they bring up all the nutrients through the water, they take what they can and sure. they pee it out their leaves <laughs> into the atmosphere.
0: <laughs> as vapor. Right. Not as urine.
1: Right. No. But since that's going on, especially when it's going on at the same time as evaporation, it produces water vapor and it can actually decrease the temperature.
0: That's Right uh and like you said it you know a big thing now and it's not now actually that's the funny thing a lot of things that people do now to be green are things people did many years ago as just way of life
1: yeah homesteaders yeah
0: like emily's grandmother and actually my grandmother too they were like you know they composted and did all that stuff because it was a way of life and they didn't have trash pickup
1: homesteaders yeah
0: and now we're like oh yeah i compost like big deal That's nothing new. (laughs) I mean, it is a big deal. You should do stuff like that. But you know what I'm saying? Right. People like nowadays think they invented the green movement. Yeah. When it was our forefathers, really, and mothers.
1: Yeah. I guess just as long as you're not like burning trash. Yeah, that's true. You're doing good.
0: (laughs) So what led me on that mini rant against uh, our people of this age is that passive heating and cooling is a big thing now. But it was a big thing way back when because before they had air conditioners and things, they would... You know plant trees where it made the most sense or not plant trees, but plant houses near, between <laughs> plant trees houses. <laughs> where it going grow <laughs> <laughs> where it made the most sense, so like they say I think a tree to the north of your house and the south of the house can cut down on your energy
1: expenses by how much well, a uh, heating costs two to eight percent and cooling costs by eight to eighteen percent, and you want to plant one at least one tree to the west and one tree to the south, deciduous trees. Yes, that's the key. If you plant a big old magnolia tree, you're going to be like, wah, 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 because while it'll cool your house in the summer by keeping some sunlight off of it, projecting shade, in the wintertime, it'll still keep sunlight off of it. With a deciduous tree, they lose their leaves, so the sun shines through the branches during the wintertime, so it cools your house in the summer by producing shade, warms your house in the winter by letting the sunlight through.
0: Yeah, and I love magnolia trees, but boy, you ever had one on your property? It's a pain. Yeah. Waxy leaves that don't disintegrate ever or biodegrade, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they just are there. And then those grenades, which were great as a kid when you (laughs) played war, but they're not so great when they're all over your yard. Right. Uh, And then pine trees, which I love to look at as well, here in Georgia, they're also a big pain.
1: Yeah, they can be. Yeah. But they, well, yeah, they don't lose their leaves on an annual cycle. They just lose them all the time. But they're always, they always have the needles. That's true. Plant but with the magnolia,
0: true. though, you also get the lovely scented flower. Mm-hmm. And you can snip those off and put it in a little water bowl in your kitchen. Mm-hmm. It's like a natural air freshener. Nice. So my neighbor That's has... Homesteader. <laughs> well, my neighbor has a magnolia, and uh one branch hangs over into my yard. And so I will clip uh flowers uh and not really have to deal with much of the waxy leaves. It's <laughs> just kind of the best of both worlds.
1: Sounds like you're living the life. <laughs> I'm living the life, man. So... Sure. So
0: passive heating and cooling.
1: Evapotranspiration.
0: That is a great thing that trees do, and they can also help uh, cut down on what's called the heat island effect, which is bad in cities.
1: Yeah, we have that bad here. Yeah. Um, so there's this thing called uh, the albedo effect, right, where if you are dark colored, um, wearing a dark shirt, you're wearing a black shirt right now. That's right. You would be hotter in that shirt than you would if you were wearing a white shirt. Why? Okay. I'll tell you Why? <laughs> White shirts reflect sunlight. Yeah. Black shirts absorb sunlight and trap heat. Same thing with asphalt. Same thing with dark rooftops. And when you put all this stuff together, yeah. it actually absorbs all this heat, traps it. And so when you're in a city, it's frequently much harder by several, several degrees than it is out in the suburbs where you have more trees and yeah. lawns and stuff like that that aren't going to absorb the the heat quite as much.
0: Yeah. And I lived in Yuma, Arizona, as you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of white cars in Yuma. Not a lot of black cars. And they actually have, uh, I might have mentioned this before. They have like, uh, almost carpet that they put on their dashboards. And it's like a thing. It's like fit to the car and it's velcroed on Mm -hmm. and it saves your dashboard. Oh yeah. But you you
1: have carpet on your dashboard. Yeah, pretty much.
0: (laughs) And, uh, you go to the video store at the time. This is, you know, they had video stores back then in the, you know, mid nineties. Right. And they would have, you know, melted video cassettes on display. As, oh, as a was,
1: yeah, I've seen those. Or like the Ticketmaster tickets, like, don't leave them in your glove box or this will happen. What, do they, they like, catch fire? It looks like they caught fire, but they it was just heat exposure.
0: Is that the average Ticketmaster employee? That's what the sign sounds like. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. Just pay a million dollars for fees. <laughs> <laughs> uh So that's the Heat Island effect in Atlanta, um, five to eight degrees hotter. And Phoenix, in 1950, it was six degrees warmer than the nearby Casa Grande Monument. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that stat is. Oh, because in 2007, <laughs> it was 14 degrees. Okay, I get it. Yeah. So it's getting hotter in right. these cities as urban sprawl and the black tops of asphalt take over the world.
1: Yeah, exactly. Phoenix isn't exactly like a, a work, live, play, walkable community. It's pretty drivey, right? Or at least golf carty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, same with Atlanta. So you got sprawl, which is going to yeah. increase that urban heat island effect. Yeah, Phoenix
0: is big, big time sprawl.
1: Yes, but trees help counteract this. They cut it down. They say, no more of this. We're going to provide you passive energy savings and evapotranspiration. And while we're at it, you know all this horrible air that you're breathing? We're going to filter it for you. We're going to throw that in as a bonus.
0: (laughs) Included in the low, low price. Uh, They will filter uh, dust, ozone, carbon monoxide, other kinds of pollutants. Um and through photosynthesis, they actually remove c o two which is a greenhouse gas, as we all know, right They remove it and release oxygen instead, and they can actually even store it
1: yeah they they um sequester it in the forest soil, and apparently uh, that soil, depending on where you are, I think in a deciduous temperate forest yeah uh that's that carbon dioxide will be stored for anywhere from ten thousand to a hundred thousand years, wow, yeah. I think we talked about that. We talked about carbon sequestration before. Or um, what? Was it desertification?
0: Desertification maybe or earthworms. Yeah. We play in the dirt a lot.
1: Yeah, we do. (laughs) The earthworm one, that was a good one. That was a good one. Um, So the trees are filtering out the air. But they actually, and this is a little known, Ronald Reagan actually once said, trees pollute more than cars do any day of the week. And he was not entirely wrong. Yeah, I don't quite get this, the photochemical smog. Okay, so, um, when it gets hot, Uh trees have this, uh, volatile organic, well, volatile organic compounds, two of which are terpenes and isoprenes. Okay. Okay? And, uh, they give them off, off of their leaves. It's just like, ah, it's too hot. I gotta get rid of my VOCs. Right. And isoprenes in particular act as a catalyst, they speed up, um, the breakdown by sunlight Uh of, of nitrous oxides okay. into ozone, and ozone yeah. is a big contributor to smog. So basically, when when the trees are like giving off these volatile organic compounds, right. they're accelerating the production of smog indirectly.
0: Ah, okay.
1: You know, right. So when you mix sunlight, photo, with these chemicals, photochemical right. smog, it's from the breakdown of like um, car exhaust into ozone, which scratches our eyes and. Makes us itchy and hard to breathe. So we should cut down all the trees. Pretty much. <laughs> that's what Ronald Reagan taught.
0: No, of course not. And that is that's like the one negative effect that we can find, right?
1: Oh yeah. Other than that, trees. Oh well, that and falling on somebody or your house or something. Other than that, trees are great,
0: right? That happens a lot in Atlanta with the heavy rain.
1: Well, it does because we went through a drought cycle where yeah. the roots all started to come toward the surface. Yep. And then when you get a heavy rain, the, the tree's no longer planted like it was and it just tips over. Yeah. It's a big I saw problem.
0: Just the other day, another guy sitting in his car.
1: Man, they love talking about that on the news. Yeah. So it'll be like, crime, crime, crime. Oh, a tree fell over. Let's go cover that instead. <laughs> well, that's, that's the Atlanta news. Yeah. Cause boy, there's a lot. I don't, you watch the local news? Uh, sometimes. Really? Yeah, I'll see. I'll see it. You know, out of the corner of my. Eye.
0: I haven't watched the local news since I was probably in high school.
1: It's good on like the treadmill, like when you can't hear anything. Yeah, it's good for that.
0: When they're in front of uh, the varsity interviewing somebody about something important, a tree falling right. over. Like, what do you think about this? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about global warming. Mm-hmm. Um, can we actually plant trees and get more forest land?
1: Hey, to actually help this out. That's what Pearl Jam used to do. To offset the carbon usage or emissions for their tours, did you know that? that like they I knew they the did something. Thing.
0: They planted trees.
1: Yeah, they calculate like how much like their jets emitted, um, like in grease, greenhouse gases, CO2 I think specifically, how much like the, their fans' cars emitted like on the way to the venue, right. like through for, for a whole tour. Wow! And they calculate it, and then like they they would buy an equal amount of trees. Or however much, uh-huh. you know, uh, carbon a, a number of trees could sequester. That's how much they got to offset their tour. And then Al Gore started doing it. One of, the, I don't, it was really close to about the same time. Right. Um, and everybody thought this is great. This is a great idea, but there's a couple problems with it. One, once you cut down that tree, like that carbon's released in the atmosphere yeah. prematurely. Ah, uh, yeah. And then secondly, they've, they, there was a 2007 study that said it depends on where you put the tree. Right. If you put it in the tropics, then it actually will cut down on global warming, uh-huh. um, because in the tropics, trees not only uh, cool the place, the place, yeah, by uh, evapotranspiration, it's actually warm enough that they produce clouds, right, which cool the rest of the earth. So yeah, it's think- like a cloud factory down there around the equator.
0: Yeah, we hit that in the uh, rainforest podcast. Right.
1: Okay. Um, in the middle climates where we live. Uh-huh. It's pretty much a wash. Uh, If you plant a tree there for a carbon offset, it's not going to really have a a net effect. Right. If you go up to the Borealis forests, which is a a term you taught me recently, Uh um, it actually can contribute to the heating. The Boreal. Boreal forests. Yeah. Well, the Aurora Borealis, (laughs) which is what I understand now. Um, it, It can contribute to the heating of the planet because, remember the albedo effect? Yeah. Well, up there, it's cold enough. So that that green canopy that's trapping sunlight and hence warmth uh-huh. is actually going to raise the temperature. Uh, so yeah. this cold climate, cold part of the earth that you use to balance out the overall global temperature, uh-huh. if you plant trees up there, it'll warm it.
0: Where was Pearl Jam planting trees, do you know? I don't know. Hey, we mentioned Ticketmaster, too. They stuck it to those guys. Yeah, they did.
1: Remember Eddie Vedder wore like that German World War II helmet in court? Oh, really? Yeah. He, uh, was, he was... uh not happy.
0: Yeah, I saw a lot of Pearl Jam shirts at that Soundgarden show last night. Yeah, how was it? People, uh, you know, it was great. And my buddy ended up getting hooked up with VIP seats because he knows a guy at the tabernacle. Nice. So we were literally like front row of the balcony right in the center. Nice. Um, but the set list, man, they gotta work on that. Oh, really? Yeah, it's one of those deals where I know I don't, I don't want a complete nostalgia tour. But when you're coming back after that long, no one wants to hear seven songs from your new album. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying?
1: Well, I mean, if you're trying to kick start your career again. <sighs> yeah. Yeah.
0: It, it, I mean, there was a decided energy change in the room when they were doing like Bad Motor Finger and Screaming Life and Louder Than Love. And right. then they were doing whatever that new album's called, which I don't care for.
1: Here Comes the Sunshine.
0: Like everyone was just kind of like, oh, okay, another one of these. Yeah. Except for like, you know. The drunk 18-year-old near me.
1: Yeah, woo, this is the, the only song I've heard. Yeah. Finally, <laughs> one I recognize. <laughs> but
0: yeah, good. He sounded great, man. He's
1: amazing. Well, I'm just glad that Pearl Jam fans and Soundgarden fans are apparently getting along now.
0: Sure. It was rough there for a while. Yeah, and then you factor in Alice in Chains, it got really ugly. Go look it up, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Music of the 90s.
1: You got anything <laughs> else about stupid trees? No. Oh, I do have, I have another thing. So, you remember the 2007 study I was just talking about? Yeah. Where I misused Borealis? Yes. A 2013 study... This year. S- yeah. ...said, you know what? Nuts to that. Nuts to Lawrence Livermore Laboratory. Uh-huh. We have a computer model that says that if we doubled the amount of forests, including Boreal forests, um, and especially, I think, Boreal forests, uh-huh. uh as soon as possible, we would lower the global temperature by a full one degree Fahrenheit. So it would offset that 20th century increase possibly.
0: Yeah, the last hundred years. years—it's crazy.
1: Yeah. And um, we would increase summer rains by 10 to 15 percent all by 2071. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Well, at the earliest, but still. So is there a plan in place or was that just like, hey, we should do this? Somebody's like, well, what can I do with a computer model today? Right. How about trees? Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, good for them. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, plant
0: a tree. I'm right. sure there is a program in your community where you can go out and uh, sponsor a tree to be planted.
1: Yeah, but God help you if you plant one in the northern climes because you're you're part of the problem. <laughs> All right, you got anything else? No. If you want to learn more about trees and weather, type those two words into the search bar at howstuffworks.com, and I said search bar it means it's time for a message break.
0: All right. Listen your mail
1: time? Yes.
0: All right. Great. Uh, I'm going to call this one Hotty Totty from the Land of Cotton and Faulkner <laughs> because that was the subject line. and right. I was like, you know what? That one's so good. I'm going to use it.
1: Yeah. That's good stuff. Uh,
0: and I just kind of like the cut of this guy's jib. That's why I'm reading it. Um, guys, the name is David Holbrook. <laughs> oh, yeah? And I'm from a little town of Waynesboro, Mississippi. <laughs> I'm currently a senior in my final semester at the University of Mississippi uh, for my B.A. in political science. Go Rebs. Should we say that? SEC team? Um, I also work part-time in the parts department of the local GMC dealership here in Oxford. And I'm a bouncer on the weekends at one of the bars on the famous Oxford Square.
1: Busy, busy boy.
0: You ever been there, Oxford? No. A lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, great college town. I'm a huge fan and just found, uh, never found the gut to write you guys until today. Um I really enjoy after my
1: third mint <laughs> yeah, I put pen to paper.
0: Um I really enjoy throwing around the knowledge I learned from y'all in the workplace, although I sometimes think my co-workers get a little jealous and my girlfriend as well. Yeah. I have to say one of my favorite things about the show, I will admit, this is really random, is when Chuck whispers things at the end of sentences, which he does a lot. I have no idea what
1: he's talking That was a pretty poor example, but yeah.
0: I agree. (laughs) Um, I always laugh so hard because sometimes it seems as though Chuck does really not mean for us to hear those bits. Right. But he forgets he's in front of a mic. That might be true. Um, I also really relate to you all in the way Oh, wait. This guy's a fraud. What?
1: Did he say you all?
0: No, I did. It's y'all.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) All right, he checks out. Uh... (laughs)
0: I really relate to y'all in the way that it seems we have held many jobs in our past that makes us well-rounded people. Uh, While I feel like I'm rambling on with this nonsense, Uh I will continue with the fan mails and maybe with some filled with more interesting and beneficial substance. (laughs) Thank you from the land of Cotton and William Faulkner, David Holbrook Jr. Random fact about me, P.S. I grew up on a chicken farm. We have eight chicken houses with anywhere from 250,000 to three hundred and fifty thousand chickens at one time. Jeez. In eight houses? That's what he said. Those Longer. are big chicken yeah, chicken houses are huge. It's nice. Well that's great. What's the thing? David Holbrook Jr. Thank and I'm you. I'm sure one day we will get a David Holbrook the third.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we keep doing this long enough. Yeah. Uh, David Holbrook Junior. Thank you very much for writing in. Chuck, did you practice reading that one?
0: No, and I kinda went back and forth with the accent like uh, Kevin Costner
1: and Robin Hood. <laughs> right. Or uh, dances with wolves or yeah. Waterworld. <laughs> uh but I am I'm impressed. Thank you. And I think like you hit all the emphasis just perfectly. No, well, I'm from the South. Ballhorn horn
0: is in my blood. Yeah.
1: I'm more like that little chicken with the uh the glasses. I'm a chicken hawk and you're a chicken? No no no. The the little one who never talked. Oh, okay. Who just read all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The little jerk. <laughs> Him. Uh if you are I don't know, stereotypically regional, we want to hear from you. Agreed. Um, You can send us a tweet to SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash StuffYouShouldKnow. You can email us. We understand. You can send it to StuffPodcast.Discovery.com and check out our website, guys. It's StuffYouShouldKnow.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com.
1: This podcast is brought to you by BASF, the chemical company.